Hello and welcome to the Spotlight Podcast. Uh, we're aware it's been a little while since we've done one of these. I hope you're all taking care of yourselves and keeping well considering the current circumstances. With that in mind, in today's episode we're going to be talking to B Grist. B is Spotlight's mental health and well-being manager. Um, it's a new position, but B has been at the company for quite a while. So we'll be discussing a bit more about her and her mental health journey, about life coaching, what that is, how you can benefit from it, um, some tips with dealing with stress and anxiety, which is particularly useful in these times, and then also how members can get support and benefit from some of the workshops that B has set up. Hi V, and welcome to the podcast. Hi Kristen, it's lovely to be here. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, I've explained a little bit in the intro about what we'll be discussing today. Um, but I wondered in your own words, if you could tell us a bit about yourself. Mm, yeah, I feel like that's always quite a loaded question, isn't it? To, um, <laughs> to know where to begin. Um, yeah, so, so my name's Bee. Um, I'm the Mental Health and Wellbeing Manager at Spotlight. And um, I have a real uh, passion for mental health in our industry. Um, and I'm going to be talking a lot more about that today um, to, to, to you guys. Um, and I guess, what can I say about myself? Um, I am the partner of an actor, so I have a kind of personal um, understanding of the challenges of um, what it's like to make a living in this profession. Um, and I guess, you know, I'm looking forward to talking a bit more about um, what I've been doing at Spotlight um, in my new role um, and also the, the sort of opportunities that are out there for for you guys who are listening, our, our members. So can you explain a bit about how the um, mental health and wellbeing manager role came about, sort of your history with Spotlight and then how your role evolved into that new position? Yeah, sure. So um, it's quite a, a, a long story, really, but I'm going to try and condense it. So um so I've been working at Spotlight for about three, well, three and a half years. Um, and I was originally working at Spotlight in, a, in more of a marketing role, actually, because my background is that I've worked um, mainly in theatre, actually, um, in, in London and Nottingham are the main places I worked, um, marketing theatre. And I guess I, I love the industry. Um, I've always been very passionate about working in the performing arts and I, I really like being around creative people as well. Um, but I got to a point uh, prior to my role at Spotlight where I hit a bit of a brick wall, really. I, I was working at a advertising agency and my mental health really wasn't great. Um, I think I experienced what you'd call burnout. Um, I didn't really know what the signs were to look for. I allowed things to kind of, um, they sort of went too far, really. I think it got to a point where a lot of, I was experiencing a lot of physical symptoms um, so physically feeling very unwell, um, mm -hmm. as well as mentally, obviously not, not in a good place. And so that was a bit of a, a kind of wake up call for me. I, I call it a breakthrough rather than a breakdown, um, because it was a really empowering point for me. And, um, from there, I, I essentially chose to move into a, a different career and, I realised that I wanted to really make a difference and support people who worked in, in the performing arts. Um, so that's what I did. So I began my training as a coach, as a life coach. Um, and then um, I began coaching people. And I found that there was this kind of lovely synergy with 
um, the world that I knew so well, the performing arts, um, and my new kind of um, purpose really around coaching and well-being, um, because I feel so strongly that um, we need to create more awareness around well-being. Um, Absolutely. And this was something which um, I began talking to Spotlight about. So. Within that, I've been coaching a number of actors, um, really enjoying working with, with, with different actors, you know, different members of Spotlight. And then we'd begun discussions about, you know, what more we could do at Spotlight to support members. And this was before, obviously, COVID and the pandemic hitting uh, in March last year. And at that point, it, it felt very straightforward in terms of what we needed to do. Um, I I guess I sort of thought, well, what is it that I know how to do and how can I support people? And I knew how to coach people and I knew also working at Spotlight, you know, we had access to all of you guys, you know, all of our members. Um, and I knew lots of other coaches. So I reached out to all of the coaches that I knew and, and, and basically said, would you be willing to offer some free coaching? Because it felt like that was the you know, the right thing to do at that time. Um, because really the purpose behind that project, the, the free coaching that we were offering, um, was around making people feel, making our members feel that, that they weren't alone. Um, and also that sense of permission to just, you know, be however you're feeling right now, you know, and know that that's okay and that you've got someone that is going to be there for you. Um so it was quite a simple purpose, really. Um, and I think a lot of the feedback that we've seen, you know, it's gone down really well and there's been an amazing take-up. Mm. So all credit to you, B, for that. Mm. Yeah, it's been, it's been lovely to kind of get that feedback through and to really see the impact of the coaching. And, um, you know, I was doing it alongside, I think there was about 85 of us in total, 85 coaches from across the world, you know, from amazing, four different continents, <laughs> which is the beauty. I mean, a bit like now, obviously, Kristen, you know, we're not, you know, you're up in Scotland and I'm, yep. <laughs> I'm um, just north of London. So, you know, we're, we're not close to each other, but this is the beauty. And I'm, I'm very grateful that this pandemic has happened at a time when we have this technology to be so connected. Yeah, that's a very good point. Um, what would we be without Zoom, eh? I know. Although I, I am getting a little sick of it. I'm sure everyone's I'm so feeling sick that. Of it. The Zoom fatigue. Yes. <laughs> the endless quizzes that people organise. I'm, I'm yeah. Um, so, what exactly does your new role involve? Mm. Well, I mean, it's you know, it's a new role, so I'm still kind of finding my way a little bit. Um, but essentially, what my role involves is um, putting together a, a comprehensive program of well-being um, events, content, um, support, essentially for our members. Um, so at the moment, the program that I'm putting together is is only available to our performer members. But we're hoping that that will um, branch out into other membership groups, like our graduate members and our young performers as well. Um, and there's a number of things that. Uh, I've been looking at so some of these things are already out in, in you know already available um, things like our well-being webinars so that is a partnership with the well-being project where uh, about once a month we have a webinar um, which will explore a different area of sort of well-being and mental health so we did one in January which was all around resilience which went down really well um, we've also done one on mindfulness 
and I'm just looking at the next uh, webinars that we'll program um, for the sort of rest of the year, really. So mm-hmm. that's something to look out for. Um, How would people find out about it? So that will be through our emails. So if you are, do make sure you're opted in to receive our emails. Um, you can do that, I think, just by signing into your account um, and then going to privacy settings. And there's an option to just sign up to um, the newsletters. So if you do that, then that, you know, you'll ensure that you get that information about those. And then there's lots of other things, really. Um, something else that I'd like to talk about is the um actor circles that we've been running so we've done two so far um and that is really a kind of online space to connect and to share um and to grow together and it's a chance to meet other actors um and to just be in conversation um i think so much of this um sense of isolation is is you know that that's one of the things that is you know so challenging about this period um and i think um, certainly for actors some of the feedback we've been having is you know having that space where you can actually connect with other actors and you know other creatives I think that's really helping people right now I think building the sense of community as well you know mm. that's really helpful yes yeah absolutely and and the other the other part of that is that we're looking at um something which we've not actually put out yet but I'll, I'll, I'll just talk a little bit about that which is um it's going to be probably some mindfulness sessions so um ideally we'd be running them once or twice a week actually no not twice a week I should probably be careful not to commit <laughs> to commit <laughs> too much but I think at least once a week um we're hoping to offer some mindfulness sessions so that will essentially be some um space to 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 pause really and um and to meditate um and then there'll be some reflection time as well so um that is more for people who want to um take a breath um it's more of a sort of solo experience it's not so much about being in discussion or conversation but just about you know taking a moment um so we're hoping to roll those out uh, roll those out soon as well and i know you've been doing them weekly for as spotlighters as well and i I for sure have found them so beneficial i think just having a half hour just to you know not necessarily think about anything and just be with your thoughts yeah i found it it's a highlight of my week B. <laughs> oh oh that's lovely to hear Kristen yeah I, I think um you know it's so interesting isn't it whenever I talk to people about this idea of just stopping you know mm. and taking a moment I think um it feels it's like a luxury to be able to stop and take a moment doesn't yeah it? <laughs> it, it's so interesting I think I think you know I have a poster actually on my desk that says get still to move because I have to remind myself how important it is to just take you know, even if it's just 10 minutes to mm-hmm. breathe and to just notice how I'm feeling and, and what I need. Um, and I just think there's something, you know, actually mindfulness, it's something we, we might touch on later, but mindfulness and, you know, being in the moment, um, just connecting to our breath or or perhaps to how our body's feeling, it can, it really can, it's like a reset almost, you know, it's... Um, yeah can have a really powerful effect on our well-being and there's so much science to back it up now though you know the claims about sort of rewiring your brain mm. almost. um i just think it's a really fascinating area yeah it really is and and, and you know like you say there's you know the, the science behind it is incredible and actually mindfulness is something which the nhs do you know it's on the nhs as you know something which is prescribed to help with um, things like depression and anxiety so you know, it really is a proven technique, um, which can be so supportive, particularly, you know, at this time with everything that we're all facing. 
I want to talk a little bit more about life coaching because I know that we have questions that people still aren't necessarily sure exactly what life coaching mm. is. So um, do you think you can shed some light on that? Yeah, yeah. Thank you for asking it as well. I think it's, um, I think a lot of people, uh, you know, don't have that clarity around exactly what coaching is. I know before I discovered it or before I had a coach, which was how I first came to coaching, I, I started working with a coach. Um, but yeah, I didn't really get the difference between, you know, coaching and therapy or, mm-hmm. you know, coaching and mentoring. Um, so yeah, I, I'm very happy to talk a bit about that. Um, so coaching is essentially, it's very much about where you are and where you'd like to get to. So it, it's quite forward looking. Um, whereas, for example, something like therapy is is more about looking back to understand how it might be affecting you now. Um and coaching is really great if you want to make change in your life. And that can be absolutely anything. So I work with people to, you know, it could be something like um, wanting to make a change in your career, you know, wanting to um, reach a specific goal. Um, that can be quite a common one that people come to coaching for. Um, it can be something to do with um, just looking at thought patterns. So, Noticing perhaps that there are some blocks, some some certain thinking or, or behaviours that you're sort of aware of, but maybe aren't aren't serving you in the way that you want them to. So it can be about just um, just maybe getting a new perspective on something. Um, and when you work with a coach, the power is in the fact that you have somebody who is you know impartial. It's a it's a non judgmental um, discussion. Um, you know, it's a safe place where you can bring anything that you want to work on with your coach. And yeah, it's, you know, obviously I, I'm, I'm a passionate advocate for it, understandably, <laughs> but uh, certainly um, reading through, you know, some of the comments that we got from the coaching initiative, it was really, really heartening to see just how much of an impact coaching made for uh, for the members. So I would say if, if you're maybe at a crossroads in your life or there's something which is um, perhaps just not working as you want it to and you just think you know what actually it might help to just kind of you know explore this a little bit with somebody you know maybe there's a different way of looking at it maybe maybe there's something more here for me Um, working with a coach can be really beneficial at just sort of unraveling whatever it is is that you know that that's um that's there um and I guess the difference, just to touch on mentoring, because sometimes, you know, that there is obviously a crossover between therapy, coaching and mentoring. Um, so therapy tends to be more to do with, um, has an emphasis on healing and understanding. Uh, and therapy can be very good if, if there's something uh, that's happened that perhaps has, you know, is traumatic. So working through a trauma, therapy is a much better place to explore that. Mentoring is much more about um, somebody who perhaps is an expert or has a lot of experience in a specific area and they then um, sort of help you to, um, to, to, to move forward with whatever it is. So they're drawing on their expertise in that specific area to help you to, um, to get to where you want to. And coaching is, is you don't need to have experience in, in, in a certain area necessarily. So for example, some of the coaches that we had on the initiative were their background wasn't in the performing arts, 
and actually that was okay because often as a coach your your strength can come in in not having that baggage of knowing the industry you know you, you have access to much cleaner questions if you're not you know and and, and in a way more non-judgmental because you don't you know you, you you might ask a question that could seem very obvious and sometimes that can just spark a kind of you know a new way of thinking or, or a new perspective and that can be very powerful um, so just around the idea of um, sort of time commitment, I suppose, to life coaching, is it something, is there some scenarios where it could be maybe resolved in a session? Is it an ongoing thing that you should have a regular catch up mm. um, or does it very much depend on the situation? Great question. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously every kind of, um, every sort of coaching relationship is different and what each person needs uh, or you know or wants will be different um what i would say is that i think to get the most benefit from coaching um normally i would say work work with a coach for at least a period of three to six months because when you're working with a coach you're forming a new relationship um Mm -hmm. and obviously you know relation good relationships take time so um your coach is your ally they're your champion and so some of the work that you do at the beginning of um a coaching process will be just in establishing a really strong kind of rapport um you know a really strong relationship with your coach so I would say you know ideally work with a coach for for, yeah three to six months as a minimum um and then you know it just depends I mean I, I have some clients that I've worked with for years actually and they find it very helpful to just have you know a session once a month and they use it a bit like a sort of check-in just to sort of share where they are you know talk a bit about perhaps where they would like to be and 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 what is the gap between that um so it's very individual but I think you touched on the commitment in your um question question Kristen and Mm -hmm. that is really important I think to get the most from coaching you really need to be committed to the process because essentially you are doing the work you know your coach is there and they're you know supporting you and championing you but really you you get you get out what you put in I know it's an old kind of adage but it's very true so if you're hungry to make change and if you're committed to doing the work and putting the time in then you can see really really incredible results. So I suppose there's a lot if it's you know developing a new relationship but I suppose you have to make sure that the life coach that you pick is the right one for you Mm. um and you know not maybe not necessarily being afraid to look for a new one if perhaps that relationship isn't quite working out for you yeah absolutely and I I would say because when we did the initiative it was you know it was it was tricky because um I was matching I was matching the members with their coach and of course you know there isn't an exact science to that I mean I knew all the coaches because I'd spoken to them all and some of them I knew very well because there were people that I trained with um you know people that were friends but um so that was okay but obviously on the member side you know I didn't I didn't know the members so um some of it is just pure kind of gut (laughs) intuition um and you know some of those partnerships I think worked really well and, and others I appreciate perhaps you know I matched a member with a coach who perhaps wasn't the right fit for them um so again I would say if you're if you're seeking out coaching um privately then absolutely um speak to a number of coaches so all coaches will will, or most coaches uh, will offer um sort of free taster sessions so that's where you can speak to a coach for you know something like half an hour maybe up to an hour and it's for free and and they offer that because it's a chance to just test the chemistry and see 
you know, see whether that coach is the right fit for you. Um, and ideally, I would say uh, talk to, you know, maybe three coaches as a minimum, just just to get a sense, because each coach will have a different style and, and you'll know what the right fit is for you. So at least, you know, it just gives you a kind of, um, you know, a chance to experience different coaching with, you know, different coaches. It's a great tip. Thank you. Um, so obviously it's been a very difficult time, a very challenging time for many people in many different ways. Mm. Uh, and, you know, and may potentially be for a, a couple months yet at least. Um, so do you have any practical tips for dealing with anxiety, dealing with stress? Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's extraordinary, isn't it? Kind of this yeah. period that we're in. And um, I don't know, I, I mean, back when it all started, I think I was, I just was thinking, well, this will be for a few months, you know. I know. Um, so it feels quite strange that, you know, we're here and it's almost a year on since we left the office, since we left, you know, Spotlight's office. Um, it feels quite strange to be still in this situation. And of course, you know, things have moved on and we, we're not in the same situation we were, but we are still dealing with so much that is unknown. Yeah, and I think certainly that sense of the unknown you know it's it's something which I think human beings we 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 struggle with that you know not not knowing um and I'm noticing how actually I can be with the unknown uh, a bit more easily now because you know I'm having to I'm having to be in a situation where I can't plan you know we 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 are Mm -hmm. living day to day and um and actually it feels like there is um, there is a gift in that because, you know, when you can't plan and when it is very much about now, you know, today, um, in a way we can take that as an invitation, I think, to be mindful, you know, to, to practice mindfulness. So um, that's certainly something which I think can be very helpful at this time to, you know, things like when I say mindfulness, I mean just noticing um okay well how do I feel today you know how does my body feel um if you go out for a walk just noticing what's around you so often we are in our heads you know we operate a lot of our lives in our heads and we forget that actually we have a whole body um so um just just noticing what's around you how you're feeling you know what is it that I need today and knowing that each day that thing may be different and and that's okay and I think just to sort of it might be helpful just to touch on the kind of you know stress and and what stress is because I think sometimes when we understand a little bit about you know we just say that word stress and and you know even me saying that might create a kind of reaction you know if you're listening to this um but Stress is actually, you know, it's it's a it's a natural reaction to uh, a circumstance or an event. So, um, so really, what we have is we have the the stress. We have stresses, which are the things that activate the stress response. So, this is things like work, COVID. You know, could be a family situation. You know, a- anything that is um, that you might deem to be stressful. And then we have the stress itself, which is what is happening in the body. Uh, And essentially, it's a chemical reaction to the stressor. 
Um, and it's there because it's designed to help us to survive, really. Um, so when we think of it like that, it, it might might help to just give a different perspective to stress because really it's it's um, it's like our body is trying to help us to face something. You know, there is a threat. That's what the the that's what is um is going on. There's a threat there. And stress is a way of um, just drawing us to deal with that. Um, and of course, the problem happens when the stress becomes too much. Um, and then, you know, it, it can tip into kind of overwhelm or, or, or burnout. And, um, and there's also the physical um, response that that has on the body. Um, and anxiety is, is actually a reaction to the stress. Um, so anxiety is... Um, it's it, again it's a natural human response when we perceive that we're under threat um, and you know we experience it through thoughts feelings and physical sensations um, and everything in a way everything comes back to the thoughts that we have so one technique which um, I, I certainly find quite helpful is what is called um, ABC of resilient thinking so this is basically an idea that you take the adversity, so this is the A, you take the adversity or the event, um, and then the B is, well, what beliefs do I have about the event or the adversity? And then C is, well, what's the consequence when I have those beliefs about the event or the um, adversity? So what we're doing here is we're just unpicking it a little bit and noticing what are the thoughts and feelings that I'm associating to this event? So, for example, with COVID or lockdown, um, it might be that we have um, thoughts and feelings or beliefs that um, I feel trapped or, you know, I, I can't do this. And then we notice, OK, so what are the consequences when I have those beliefs or those thoughts um, around that event or that thing? Um, and then the final part is the D part. There's actually a D part to this, which is disputes. And it, what it means is it means challenge. So there's an opportunity now to just challenge, okay, are these beliefs true? And what happens when I, when I believe that? So what we do is we're just creating a little bit of, um, a little bit of separation between the thoughts and ourselves because we are not our thoughts and I think so often we get caught up in this cycle where um, you know our thoughts just become so overwhelming that we can't separate them from ourselves and another technique that that can be really helpful for that is is naming how we feel so this technique gives a little bit more control so very often we might say I'm angry and what I often say to clients is you're angry or you feel angry? Because again, by saying I feel angry, what we're doing is we're just creating a little bit of a distinction between the feeling and ourselves because we are not the anger. The anger is just a response. It's just something that's happening within us. Um, and then again, if it's, is it anger or is it something else? Because by naming the feeling, um, it really allows us to have a sense of control over what we're experiencing. Um, so that's another 
that can be another sort of helpful um, tip. And a place to come back to, um, I think very often when we have kind of stress and anxiety, uh, what accompanies it is, is low mood. Um, and the place to look is the, the, the thoughts and the feelings around what's caused that low mood. So there will have been triggers, there will have been things that have, um, events that have happened and then thoughts that have come with that. Um, so it's just noticing, ah, oh, okay, I was feeling all right this morning and now I'm noticing that I'm really irritated. Like, what, what was the trigger that moved me into that way of thinking? There's a very useful um, thing called Larry Sten's Mood Elevator. What it is, is it's, it's, it's a list of different moods, you know, from at the top, it's kind of got, you know, grateful, wise, creative, resourceful. And then in the middle, it's got curious. And then underneath curious, it's got um, what we would deem to be more perhaps negative moods, you know, like irritated, impatient, stressed, angry. Um, and it can be a very helpful um, tool because what you can do is you can look at this. It's almost, it's almost like an elevator, if you imagine like a lift. And you can just notice by looking at it, OK, which are the levels that I seem to stop at more frequently? You know, which are the levels that I maybe get stuck at? Um, and also, which level is an early warning sign that my mood is dropping? So for me, I know that once I get irritable, you know, there's, there's one way I can, you know, I can either go one way or the other. Um, but actually, uh, a way to kind of act, activate good quality thinking is to just bring yourself up to the curious level. So when you notice that your mood is dipping, you know, whatever you're feeling, you know, whatever comes with that for you, a place to come back to is, is this curious place. It's almost like a kind of um, a gateway into more positive thinking, because when we're curious, we're not judging, we're just noticing. Um, so, and we'll, we'll share that um, visual on, on, um, with the podcast, but I think that, that can be a very helpful tool to, to use because you can just notice, okay, so you know, when, am I, when am I starting to tip into low-quality thinking? I think lots of great tips there. Thank you, Bee. Um, can you talk about, about the steps actors can take to look after themselves? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting, isn't it? Because I, um, I think I had an assumption going into this period that um, I would deal. I think I thought I would deal with it better than my partner, who is an actor. And actually, in many ways, he's dealt with it better than me. Um, and I'm reminded that you know, for for actors, actually having you know having periods of downtime is you know is quite common, really. Um, mm. And you know, actors are really quite resilient you know that, that's something I'm, I'm always um I always notice when I work with my clients and you know I also see it with my my partner this you know this kind of steely the steeliness and and being able to draw on um yeah like a sort of there there is a real resilience with actors um so that was just something I wanted to say um and that I you know I continue to just um yeah be inspired by that I think in terms of tips for actors to look after themselves, I mean, obviously, uh, unpredictability, again, is something which actors are 
very familiar with. Um, so, you know, that's something which we're all having to deal with. Um, you know, that sense of not knowing what's around the corner. Um, so I'm sure actors, you know, most actors will have a sense of how they normally deal with that, you know, in this industry that throws so much, uh, you know, you know at, 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 at actors, it's a tongue twister, at, at, at actors. <laughs> um, I think something which which can be helpful is is focusing on what you can control. So noticing, okay, well, what are the things that sit within my control? And what are the things that I, I can't control? Um, you know, there's this phrase that I've heard a few people say about how we're all experiencing the same storm, but we're in different boats. Yes. You know, it's this sense of... Um, on any day, you know, we'll be feeling uh, different um, and noticing what are the things that we, we can control. So, for example, um, and actually you can do this as an exercise. This is quite a nice exercise to do. I'll just explain it briefly. What you can do is you can draw two circles, you know, get an A4 piece of paper and you can draw two circles and above one circle you can write um, my world. And above the other circle, you can write the world. And the idea of the exercise is to just give you a sense of, well, what is within my control in this situation that I'm in right now? Um, and in my world, you can put in things, um, things you can control. So it might be, for example, the time I go to bed, um, you know, what I, what I eat, uh, how much I exercise, you know, whether I call a friend tonight, um, all those things that are, you know, within our control, whether I, you know, watch a, um, you know, another thing on Netflix, for example. Mm. Um, Put down your phone and stop scrolling the news. <laughs> yes, exactly. How much news <laughs> I, I choose to consume, you know, again, that's within our control. How much I go on social, social media, you know, is that going to really serve me right now with how I'm feeling? So you can put all of that into your circle that says my world. And then in the world, um, you put all the things that are actually without, you know, not within your control. So this could be things like um, lockdown restrictions. It could be things like, um, you know, my my partner's behaviour. Um, it could be things like um, what the weather's doing, you know. Um, so just... Um, notice what are the things that sit outside of your control um, and there'll, there'll also be some things where you have a kind of an influence so there might be the odd thing that sits within the two where you could perhaps influence a little bit but most things will fall into one of two places um, and that can just be a really lovely way to yeah to see what you can control and and then it's about um, giving yourself permission to to let go of the things that you can't control. Um, so that, that I find, I think that, that can be a really helpful exercise. Um, another thing is to, is to focus on what matters to you. So focus on the things that are important and uh, sort of portal into this can be getting really clear about what your values are you know, and what your purpose is. So, for example, you might have a really strong value of connection. And then it's about asking yourself, well, if connection is really important to me, how can I honour that? 
So, you know, for one person, it might be calling a friend that they haven't spoken to in a while. You know, for another person, it could be um, having a, you know, a, a lovely meal with their partner um, or perhaps joining a workshop that they're you know, really interested in. So it's just getting clear on what are my values? What are the things that are really important to me in my life? You know, freedom, it's, you know, I, for example, I have a really strong value of freedom and I'm, uh, you know, sometimes I tell myself, oh, I haven't, I can't honour that value. And then I think, well, actually I can go outside and I can, I can, I can be in nature and I can, you know, feel the air in my lungs. And that gives me a, that, that gives me a sense of freedom. So it's just noticing what is it for you that is really important and how can you honour it? Um, and my final, <laughs> one more tip, which is, um, which is to take a different perspective. And I know some people are probably listening to this thinking, how, what, <laughs> like, is it that easy? Um, and yeah, I mean, I think taking a different perspective is just finding a different way to look at something. So um, an obvious example of this is, is gratitude. So some of you may um, have, you know, a gratitude diary or, or a gratitude journal, which is where, you know, you write at the end of the day three things that you know, you're grateful for or three things that have gone really well for you. So when we focus on gratitude or, you know, um, what we're, yeah, what we're really, uh, what we really appreciate about our lives, um, it's actually proven to generate feelings of well-being. Um, so if you're finding that your thinking is, you know, you're, you're in a place that is not serving how you're looking at something, that is just a little um, indicator to you um, to maybe just take a step back and, and just ask yourself, is how I'm looking at this, is this really serving me? And if it's not, then just notice if there might be another way of looking at something. I think the um, noting things that you're gra- grateful for, um, that's definitely something that we've started, my partner and I have started doing at the dinner table. It's mm. just as like a conversation starter because you know oh, when nice. you're in each other's company for so long. Um, we're both working from opposite sides of a desk. Um, you know, so it, it's just one thing that's quite nice to connect over. Mm. But I suppose, you know, if you're if you're living alone, that could be a phone call or it could be talk to your dog, talk to your cat, yeah. your plant, whatever works for you. Um, yeah. But I've definitely, I, I definitely thought it was cheesy when I first started doing it, but now I quite like it and I look for those moments in my day. Yeah, and that's that's the difference, I think. It's when we start practice like that, um, we do start to look for those things. And, you know, there is, um, it, there is a sort of rewiring going on. We, we talked about that briefly before, this idea of, mm-hmm. um, you know, when we choose to look at things in a certain way, we are actually rewiring the kind of, um, I don't know what sort of the, the, the correct term is for it, but we're, something happens in the brain where we're creating kind of new neural pathways. So... Um, yeah, it's like anything. If you do it enough, then it can really shift your thinking and your sense of well-being. Yeah. It's powerful. Definitely. Um, I mean, I think give it a go if it's useful to you. Mm. Then brilliant. And if not, find something else that works for you. I mean, you've given so many tips here. So, you know, pick and choose what works for you, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that's such an important thing that you just said, Kristen, because... It is about finding what works for you. Um, and, 
there'll be some things which um you know work well for some people and not others so so really do check in with yourself around you know what what is going to really work for me because ultimately you're the expert of your life mm. um and what so, is it that works for you be <laughs> what is it that works for me um yeah good question i think uh i i mean at the moment i was saying to kristen actually before we came on air that i've i've injured my foot from running which um you know something that i am struggling with a little bit at the moment because running is something that i love to do because i find that it honors my my value of freedom and you know i love nature too so i get to you know normally get to run out in nature so um i'm learning patience (laughs) and uh learning to kind of surrender i guess to the fact that my body needs to heal um yoga is great particularly restorative yoga actually which um i highly recommend because it's um it's very comforting practice actually restorative yoga it's very slow i think you know anybody could really do it because it's not it's not strengthening at all it's it's very much about releasing about um just letting the body rest um and that is a really important thing to be doing right now this idea of you know we call it rest and digest it's it's different to sleep, but it's it's just allowing the body to just release and um, let go, and and that can have a really sort of restoring effect on on the body and and on our well being. Um, so restorative yoga is wonderful. <laughs> um, meditation is something which I, I love, and you know I I really enjoy um, offering that to others as well. I find that um, gives me a lot of pleasure being able to share that with people. Um, I think also I, 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 every day I try and just check in with myself around, you know, what is it that I need today? Um, and then I, I try to find a way to honor that, which, you know, it's not, I don't always, but I have the intention that, you know, I try to just really check in with myself and, um, and also check in with my partner. I think that's another important thing for for people who are living you know with other people um this sense of checking in with each other because I find that sometimes you know I can be on a different page to my partner uh, and what he needs may be different to me um and so just having that communication you know talking to each other and just sharing how we're feeling I think that can be a very helpful thing as well yeah, and good sleep, which is not always easy when your mind is busy, but um, trying to go to bed at a reasonable time. Uh, still struggling a little bit with that one. <laughs> <laughs> I find a hot bath helps. Yeah, baths. Yeah, actually baths. I know not everyone is a bath person, but um, mm. yeah, a nice soak. That I find that does help help you to sleep. Yeah, that's wonderful. Thank you so much for your time, B. Um, oh, you're welcome. Just a little summary, um, just to remind everyone once again about how they can get involved in the mental health and wellbeing program and sign up for those events. Mm. So, so just uh, make sure you have your newsletters on. But yeah, please yeah. go into more detail, B. Yeah, it's pre- yeah. You, well, it's pretty straightforward. So um, it's called the Wellbeing Series. So do keep an eye out for um, emails from from me. Um, which will be coming into your inbox if you are signed up to, uh, you know, for, to have the newsletters. Um, we are hoping to, well, we are running events every month at the moment. So um, we'll notify you, obviously, once they're available to book. Um, I also want to just touch on our mental health and wellbeing hub, which um, 
Mm. is now available we have um it's actually accessible from the homepage at the moment um hopefully it will still be when you listen to this as well um and that's just a place where we share lots of helpful resources um so links to support um some articles about how to support your mental health and well-being um and, and we update it regularly so you know if you've if you've been on there before do do check back from time to time because we, we've got lots of new content that we'll be sharing on the hub and it's just a, a great place to get a bit more um yeah support and and some resources just to help you with your well-being at this time and also beyond this time because let's face it you know looking after our well-being is you know it's a it's a kind of ongoing full-time it should job, be a priority really. for us all the time I feel yeah exactly I mean I, I often joke that you know looking after my mental health is it's it is kind of very nearly a full-time job you know and um I think that's sort of well not how it should be but I just think that's how um I just think that's really important I think just taking care of ourselves and our mental health is is so important. B thank you so much for your time. You're welcome lovely to talk to you Kristen. Lovely to talk to you. Bye. Thanks for listening to today's episode with me Kristen Coots and my guest B Grist. If you have any questions about anything you've heard in today's episode, then please do get in touch with us via questions at spotlight.com or feel free to ask us on Twitter at Spotlight UK. Until next time, take care and goodbye.